Hello, everyone, and welcome yet again to another episode right here on the Cathedral Sport Podcast, hosted by myself, Ash. No bulb again, folks. We'll be back soon. He's got loads of studying to do and stuff for his own podcast he's got going on now. So it's just me again, but I'm delighted to announce I am being joined tonight by Charles Hoy of Chaz DCFC Gaming to talk about his lifelong love, of, love affair sorry, following Derby County. Charles, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? I'm all good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, very good. Um, bit of a cough. Hope it's not the COVID, but I should, probably my smoker's cough, to be fair. I need to, I need to quit these things. Anyway, let's go on with the show. It's enough, <laughs> enough about my uh, filthy habits. Anyway, um, Derby County fan, Charles, I take it you're from Derby. Whereabouts did you grow up in Derby? Uh, well, I actually grew up in uh, Stapleford, in Nottingham, um, so, and grew up in Nottingham schools. Uh, but it was actually my uncle that got me into Derby County um, and I moved to Ilkeston, which is kind of on the border of Nottingham and Derby. And uh, obviously I went to Nottingham school, so I got bullied for quite a few years going to a Nottingham school and being a Derby fan. But uh, I stuck with it, um, kept with my uncle and we just stayed from there, really. So you were living in no man's land. Um as they call it, in between Derby and Nottingham. Went to school in Nottingham and uh, were brave enough to support Derby. Fair play, mate. <laughs> I got hats off to you. <laughs> I'm thinking of other, other rivalries around the UK and that's just throwing off the top of my head. Uh, Burnley v Blackburn. I couldn't imagine somebody supporting Burnley in a Blackburn school or vice versa. I couldn't imagine what they'd have to go through. So... <laughs> It takes him serious. You got bigger balls than me, mate. I tell you. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely took a it took a lot of uh, pressure, to be honest, to keep to it. But it was worth it in the end. Nothing. <laughs> we'll, we'll just call it character building, shall we? That's what I think <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so your uncle got you into into Derby. Um, my uncle Steve got me into football as well. Uh, what are your earliest childhood memories uh, following the Rams? And what was your first game? Can you remember it? Can you remember so, the score? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I did all my notes. <laughs> um, my first game was actually the Arsenal. And we won 3-0. It was at Pride Park Stadium. It was the season after we moved there. So, unfortunately, I didn't get to experience the uh, the baseball ground. But I still got a chance to experience uh, Derby beating Arsenal 3-0. Oh, get um, it. So. But... Um... That baseball ground you've just mentioned, it's a, it's a ground that I always saw on telly as a kid because we used to, in the early 90s, we used to get uh, football league games on, on ITV on a Saturday afternoon or, or a Sunday afternoon, which was quite handy. And uh, Derby were reg- Derby a massive club, so Derby uh, were regularly on there. And it's one ground I always looked at in awe and thought, I'd love to go there. Never, ever got the chance. It's such a shame. Um, one of the old relics in English football uh, is a baseball ground, so to speak. So, Arsenal, 3-0, first game. Great introduction um, for you. So, obviously, you went back. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What sort sort of year was that, Um, So, that was was 1997, which would have made me about five or six years old at that time. 97, bloody hell. What was I doing there? I was in my last year of primary school, I think. (laughs) Yeah, bloody hell. Do you remember your first kit? 
I do actually, yes. Uh, it was the Marston's pedigree kit. So it was like a instead of it being white, it was kind of like a silver colour. Uh with just a, a plain a black uh ring around the sleeve. That was quite nice. I always remember when I was younger as well, I used to have it in the long sleeve version for some reason. Never went for the short sleeve kit. Um <laughs> But then I went for obviously the goalkeeper kit because I, I used to be a goalkeeper for quite a few years uh, before uh, going back to watching Derby again. So I don't remember that Masters pedigree kit. Was that sort of early two thousand sort of era? Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought I think so. It was about two thousand and one, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I do remember it. Um, played. Who did you play in goal for? Did you get to any sort of level or? Uh, it was all amateur leagues. Um, I will have a bit of a claim to fame of uh, saying in my first season, I did save 12 out of 13 penalties. Um, we did have a Derby scout at some point watching the game. And I did do a training, a goalkeeper training course at Derby. I've still got the uh, medal and the certificate somewhere. Wow. 12 out of 13 penalties in one season. There was a... I was watching the, the, the penalty shoot at a Serbia-Scotland game um, the other night. And it, I think the goalie had saved his last 10 out of 24 penalties or something like that. And even I thought that was an amazing stat. But that 12 out of 13, that's amazing, mate, honestly. Um, that's uh, that's uh, Fabian Bartes for you. I took a leaf out of his book with the uh, the jumping round. We won't talk about the one I let in, but... <laughs> mind games. It's all it's all about the mind game. Who is your childhood, who is your childhood hero then uh, as a kid? So, obviously, um, being a goalkeeper myself, it was actually uh, Lee Grant, uh, the young young Lee Grant at the time, uh, that got me into being a goalkeeper. Um, and from there, it just grew from there. And um, obviously, he's still playing now at Man United, which I think is absolutely mental. And I loved it when he came back to Derby for a few seasons. Uh, but since obviously going out of goal and playing a bit out of field, it's gone from uh, Inigo with the Arquez, the Spanish guy. Um, yeah. Because of his free kicks, they were oh, unbelievable at times. Absolutely unbelievable free kicks. I do remember him. I do remember him. I remember sort of the sort of players that stick out for me as a, when I was a kid um, and, and Derby either on the telly or, you know, in the Premier League and stuff like that. Um, Mark Poom, Paolo Wanchop. Um, I think, is it Pesky Salido? I think played for him. I think, I think exactly. Uh, yeah, he scored yeah. a great goal against Forest uh, with the with the coffee cup. <laughs> you can find <laughs> that one on YouTube. That's a great goal. I'll have a look. Um, I remember him, a couple of others as well. But yeah, he, he's he's the one that sticks out in my mind because he was always on the telly, um, bombing about with a ball. As you mentioned, Forest there. That's what I was going to move on to next. The Forest rivalry, um, obviously geographical. Um, what is obviously yes, you went to a school full of forest fans, so um you've uh, you would have built up a grievance even more over the years, especially of them uh, giving you a bit of shit for it, mate. Um what does it mean to you as a Derby fan, that rivalry? I mean, to be honest, to me, it's not as bad as um as it was a few years ago, obviously with the Brian Clough collect connection. Uh but I mean I, I was too chilled out about it, to be honest. And it was more of my brother's yeah, because obviously he was a little bit older and I was a bit of the younger guy. So 
he was, it, my family split down the middle. So my dad's forest, my brother's forest, and me and my mum are Derby. Um, so obviously, my brother telling everybody in his year, oh, there's the Derby fan, go and get him. I have a bit of a grievance then, but now, uh, obviously, I'm quite good friends with a few Forest fans, but the the ones I know are actually quite decent people. And when I see a lot of other Forest fans and they talk about the past and talk about how they're going to win every game and other, other stuff like that, it, you know, it gets a bit too much. And it, it's like this sort of fickleness can creep in with Forest fans. And I think they just need to be taken down to earth a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's 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 a story of a lot of derbies, isn't it? I mean, a lot of derbies main main rivalries are in close proximity. Now, I'm going to use Rangers and Celtic as an example. They absolutely, as you know, Charles, they absolutely hate each other, but they've got to work together in the city centre in Glasgow on a daily basis. They're, they're constantly in contact with each other. Um, it, it must be the same for Dar- uh, Derby and Nottingham. Um, there's people, there's split families, as people, you know, with for- as you, you've you got, Forest in your family, um, Derby in your family and, and stuff like that. You know, that, that seems to be the case of a lot of rivalries these days. I don't know any families that are just like staunch one club, the whole family anymore. Um, Definitely. So it's- it's actually quite common, really, and you know, as as again, such close proximity to Nottingham, you're bound to come across Forest. Like you can't just hate every Forest fan that you come across. It just, it's just no exactly, good for you, is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, but it is one of to me, it is one of the biggest rivalries in English football historically as well. Um, unfortunately, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it to you, mate. Um, you you haven't emulated the. Forest, forest success over the years, so to speak, especially in, in European competition. Does do they still harp on about that a lot to you? Does it does that get to Absolutely. you? Absolutely, absolutely. It doesn't get to me because, as I say, that was before my time. I wasn't even born when that was around. So to me, it's uh, you just leave it there. It's the same. I, I mean, I could go on about Derby going, oh yeah, we've won the league twice, uh, the FA Cup, and all this. But to be honest, if you look at some of the the manager was at Derby. Uh, a few of the players were at Derby before that as well. So was it a case of him trying to emulate what he wanted at Derby at Forest? Yeah. Um, going to talk about game day. Love going to the match, obviously, home and away. Any pre-match rituals or superstitions, mate? Uh... We've all got them. We've yeah, all got them. I've I mean, got. I've I... got to wear. I've got to wear a certain coloured socks. <laughs> uh, when I was first going to the games, it would be a case of wearing every single Derby shirt I owned. Um, so I would literally be walking in like the Marshmallow Man, just full of Derby shirts underneath each other Derby shirt, uh, thinking, "Oh yeah, if I keep wearing them, wear every single one." that's how many goals we're going to score. And uh, I mean, now it's just making sure we have two pints before a game and uh, start enjoying and make sure I have um, a burger before I go and sit down at my seat. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, do you know what, right? I, I was thinking when you're saying that about the shirts, I thought that, that, that cannot be any fun whatsoever <laughs> in the summer. Um, I, I yes. really, I really <laughs> hope that is not keeping that up now. Yeah, I, uh, 
the day I stopped was actually uh, going to Forest Derby. We parked about 15, 20 minutes away from uh, the city ground. And uh, we had to get a bit of a move on because we were a bit late and the sun was beaming. I had about four Derby shirts on. I was like stripping off halfway down the street because I was just sweating so bad. And I thought, this, this this ain't for me. I've got to find something else that's going to be better. <laughs> <laughs> always, always choose the pints. Believe exactly. me. <laughs> well, I bloody have about four or five before a game. I'm terrible. Um, <laughs> Charlotte, I tell you. Um, favourite away grounds? Well, you know, best fans, favourite away ground that you've been to? I mean, I've I've done tons of grounds now. Yeah. Um, it's hard to pick one specifically, but have you got one in mind where you just love going to every time, like sort of reception you get from, from their fans, the stadium, the food, the pubs around the grounds, you know, you know, some, a lot of people have got that one ground that sticks out to them. They go, I oh, just, you know, I've got to go back there every single year. Uh, not really a ground to say, but there's a couple of away trips I do like. It's not really on the atmosphere sort of thing, but uh, the Birmingham trips are really good. At, uh, Villa always give us a good laugh. Uh, same with Birmingham. West Brom are a little bit quiet because they 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 think they're a Premier League side. Obviously, they are at the moment, but they're they're one of those up and down teams. Um, but they've they've got a great pub called the Vine, and it's just you you sit you go inside and it's quite quite kind of small, but you keep going back and the place just goes on forever. And it's 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 a great pub because both sets of fans could go in there. It was a good laugh, and they sell a bit of uh, like. Uh, Indian food halfway down the pub. And you just think this it's just crazy how far it goes down. Uh, There's a lot of them sort of pubs in, in the Midlands now. Um <clears throat> sorry. Um especially around the Birmingham area. That's uh they've converted a lot of a lot of old pubs into sort of pub curry house combos. Yeah. Um I saw I saw that in the news and I really want to go to one because I'm a absolute curry fiend, so to speak. <laughs> and a, yeah. and a and a pints fiend, but that's a that's a story for another <laughs> It's just, <laughs> it's sort of like my sort of heaven sounds like. So, yeah, I mean, but so Birmingham, good away day. Yeah, fans. It's, always, it's always a good away trip because from Derby, uh, obviously quite central, it's quite easy to get to places on the train. So even yeah. going to London, going up north, it, it, it's all quite easy to do. But, I mean, we go from Long Eaton and it's about 12 quid on the train and it just, you, you're there at, at the few, Straight out of the uh, the station, you've got a few pubs that are just decent. There's a nice little micro club that used uh, used to be a post office, I believe, uh, and that sells some really good, nice uh, IPAs and decent ciders as well. Some strong stuff. <laughs> I might have to might have to give it a try next time I'm down that way. Um, so, what would you say the uh, the Brummy fans are the best apart from your own? Uh, I'd say Villa are up there. Um, they definitely have a good laugh because uh, we've been competing with them the past few years in the playoffs and uh, kind of that sort of uh, position, obviously not at the moment. But uh, yeah, they're, they're always fun. The other away trip I quite like is uh, Middlesbrough. Their stadium is pretty much the same as ours, but we normally stop in this little town outside called Osmotherly. And uh, saying that, we met Villa fans there. Uh, they've, they've only got like three little pubs together but it's just like a nice little pub crawl around there 
and you can just it's a 15 minute drive away from the stadium from that little town where there's no internet there's no like phone signal or anything so it's good just to have a chat with all your mates and you know have a decent pint uh, but I yeah. remember it was a good few years ago there were Villa fans there and it wasn't long after the uh, the 11 point season where they beat us 6-0 at, at Agath and uh, was it Stylian Petrov scored from yeah. the halfway line um, against uh, Roy Carroll after messing up a goal kick and they were constantly chanting and there was about three buses full of Villa fans chanting at like 10 or 11 Derby fans that were in this little town and uh, it was was a good crack with them definitely (laughs) you got uh, Middlesbrough's a good away day um, for anyone really it's it's full of pubs proper old working class town Um, all the people there the sort of the earth in my opinion uh, that that sort of that sort of area of the country, um, it's always it's always a good day out. I'm gonna I'm, something a bit more a uh, bit more morbid now, mate. Um, unfortunately, I'm gonna I, I want to talk about the current. Oh no, yeah, sorry, I'm gonna have to. I, so we're gonna have to talk about it, guys. Current situation at Derby, Charles. I mean, it's not it's not looking good at the moment, is it? It's it's looking pretty bleak. It's looking pretty desperate. Um, Koku's been sacked. Uh, I heard on commentary, I watched uh, Derby versus Cardiff uh, two or three weeks ago, maybe more than that now, actually. And I, I, remember, the, I remember it stuck out, the commentator said, I was, thinking, I was thinking to myself, why are Derby struggling? Such a big club. One of the biggest clubs in the country. Why, why, are they, why are they at the bottom of the championship? I don't get this. Why are they not scoring goals? And then he said something about budget cuts in, in the commentary. And I thought, thinking to myself, Derby, budget cuts? No, surely not. What's going on, Charles? What's going on? Unfortunately, it's the truth, to be honest. With uh, Obviously, we had the takeover with Mel Morris a few years ago. Um, it kind of didn't go... It kind of went to plan, kind of didn't, because we were getting up there, we was getting to the playoffs, but was failing at the last hurdle. Uh, but I don't know if you read about the news about Sam Rush and some dodgy dealings behind the back giving some players some really weird contracts and no, kind of, no, tell, tell me and your list tell me and our, our listeners yeah so basically Sam Rush was he was part of this like footballing agency uh, and he kind of obviously left this agency but had a bit of a backhander in it Got a few players signed for Derby, sort of under the Darren Bent sort of seasons, and uh, obviously we did all right. We got we, we we scored some good goals and we got up there and did did the business. But in the end, you look at some of the contracts where you look at Ketchyanya that's been there four or five seasons, not played a game, and uh, was paying. I, th- I think he came from Watford, so we we're paying per game for him to play. If he paid, we had to pay like 1.2 million if he played an extra game or something. And it was just a couple of these contracts that were a bit unsure. And there was a big investigation about it. And now we're we're kind of paying the price of not being promoted where we've spent the money uh, and not delivered. Unreal. Um, You mentioned Ikechianya there. Um, I I, I always wondered why he wasn't in the Scotland squad for so long. Um, And he's you know, obviously, he hasn't been playing at all. It's it, it, these agents are absolutely killing football. I mean, it, 
it's unreal. This was part of Leeds' downfall. When Leeds were a behemoth in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, getting to the semi-final of the Champions League and stuff like that, you had people like Seth Johnson rocking up. This is a, this is a story. A lot of people know it. Um, I don't know how accurately I am telling it, but this is a sort of gist of the story anyway. Gets in, sits down and uh, in front of the chairman, like uh, sort of, what, what, are we, we can offer you 40 grand a week, like, or ask for four grand a week or something like that. And the agent like, misheard it, went, oh, 40 grand a week. And they got like, yeah, yeah, 40 grand a week. Sort of nudged Seth Johnson. Seth Johnson's nodding. They give him 40 grand a week when he'd only came in for four. And it, it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, just, that's, I don't know. Sorry, guys. There's probably a, a, other people out there that can tell the story better yeah. than I did. That's the sort of gist of it. But um, yeah, he's, he's gone in for four grand a week and come out with 40 grand a week. That's that's the gist of the story. And that's, that, that was part of Leeds' downfall. And and I'm not surprised to hear that's at the moment, unfortunately, part of Derby's downfall as well. Because you just can't pay these players these ridiculous amounts of money. And these agents are parasites. Absolute parasites. They really, they, they really are. You get... You get lads now in non-league that have got agents. There's, there's lads here where I live in Scotland, right? In League Two in Scotland, okay? I'm not going to name the players. Um, there's a couple of players that play for Edinburgh City in, in League Two in Scotland, right? A, a, a team that gets... I used to go and watch quite a bit. Um, get about 200-odd per game. 200 fans, yeah? A couple of the players have got agents. Why have they got agents? It, 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 honestly... Um, and one player came in a couple of years ago. They could pay him something like 100 or 200 pound a week or something like that. And the agent said, you're not signing that paper unless you get another 100 pound a week out of the club. And they, they, they had to pay it because they really wanted to keep him. And and 100 pounds to, to a club like that is a lot of money. That's that's like an extra 20 grand, 30 grand to a club like Derby. So <laughs> it's, and, and, and I mean, that, that's, the, that's the agent doing that, putting pressure on the club to pay more money. They haven't got just to just to be able to compete because if they, they ain't got these players they can't compete they go out the league they lose a, they lose a ton of money that way that the clubs can't win their, their hands are tied behind their backs by these people sorry guys that's my that's my rant on football ladies anyway we'll get back to derby county um <laughs> <laughs> funny you know you told me about the, the story about the villa fans um what's the, what what's the funniest thing you have seen on an away day though it could be absolutely oh. anything well <laughs> I've got one with uh, one of the lads we went to uh, Sheffield United. Uh, we had a couple of pints on the train up to Sheffield. It was a good, good, good laugh on the way there. We got to the first pub, which is just out, just outside of uh, the station, as, literally as you face it. And uh, we all got our first pints down, necking it. And uh, one of the lads sits down and just been to the loo. Literally a full pint in front of him. Pause it all the way down his trousers. And it's literally the first pub that we got in. And he's had to run out, uh, literally walking like John Wayne, trying to find a Primark or any sort of clothes shop, trying to get a pair of trousers just because it's literally covered in... Uh, I'm sure it was Strombo dark fruit, so it was all purple. Oh, uh, no. trousers. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, some of the things... You... For going football is brilliant, isn't it? I mean, some of the things that you see and all the stories you get to tell and things that just stick in your brain. I mean, I had a, a, a guy from uh, Musclebra Athletic on a few weeks ago, Johnny, and he was telling me 
sort of similar story, but there's this guy shouting abuse at them as they were walking out of the ground, a, a fan of a, an opposition club. They were just playing. I think it's Camelon or something like that. And uh, the guy had, the guy had like, sort of pissed himself. He was that oh, drunk. He'd pissed himself. Whilst, <laughs> and, he's, and he's screaming abuse at them as they're walking out the ground, just stood there like drunk and... <laughs> And he's just, he's just covered in piss, his own piss. And it, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> real, some of the things that you see on a, when you go to the football. Um, future, what's the future like for Derby, mate? What, what, what's it looking like? I know I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, you said something about a takeover and, and stuff like that. What's happening with that? Because you, as a club, a massive club, one of the biggest clubs historically in England, um, you, 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 like it's like Sunderland. You, you, you can't be in League One. You, you, Derby County Football Club should not be in League One. But at the moment, you're slowly heading there. I know you can't count your chickens too early. I know it's only November, but the stats don't lie. Um, what's got to happen in January? Uh, we've got to sign a striker. That's the <laughs> that's the main thing, really. Uh looking at what we've been playing, we've actually been playing some decent football. But the problem under Koku is that the build-up play was too slow. We were too scared to make a pass forward. There was no like cutting edge. And then the weirdest thing I thought of this season was uh, we've got Waggon out injured. Uh, we've got a youth, youth striker on the bench. Uh, and we signed... Kazim Richards, of all people, who scored 56 goals in 16 years and is going to be the next Chris Martin, even though he's older. And we let Jack Marriott out on loan. Now, don't get me wrong. Jack Marriott has not done great at Sheffield Wednesday. He was injured. Or so he says he was injured in the last season uh, and was playing on injections and all this sort of stuff. So I can understand why he probably wasn't firing on all cylinders the past season or so but I just find it strange that you let your your only fit striker out on loan and uh, you sign a striker that just doesn't score goals I 100% agree with you um, I, I, I say it in every bloody episode I'm like a broken record <laughs> <laughs> um, as, as, as everybody knows I, I live in Scotland now and uh Celtic signed Kazim Richards about five years ago, and uh, yeah, he didn't he didn't light up Scottish football, mate. Put it that way. Um, he he didn't last long. He didn't last long. And that's what, when I was watching that game against Cardiff a couple of weeks ago because I wanted to get a bit, bit of. I actually wanted to watch Derby um, just because I knew you were coming on. I thought I've got I've got to watch at least one game and see what see what they're about this season. Um, as soon as he come on the pitch, or something, I thought to myself, "What is he do? How is he there? How has he managed to get a contract at that? How has he managed to get a contract in Championship? The the, the Coca Cola kid, as he was known as, um, <laughs> famously, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Uh, I was thinking, how is? Why have Derby taken a punt on Colin Cousin Richards? This, I thought this, I was thinking to myself, he should be in League Two. This takes me on to my next point of. The thing over the years is the bad recruitment we've had over the past few years. As I say, I look at the, the catchy Anyas, uh, the Kazim Richards. Uh, you look at the, some of the players that we have signed, and it, it, it goes back years. You can you can go further than that. Uh, 
they're just some of the players we've signed is completely crazy. I mean, we signed a goalkeeper, Chris Wheel, under Nigel Pearson. Didn't even play a game. We just signed a goalkeeper for no reason. We had uh, Scott Carson, uh, Kelly Roos, and uh, we had another lad as well. I think it might have been Johnny Mitchell. And we signed this Chris Will, and I'm thinking, why have we signed another goalkeeper when we've already got three decent goalkeepers? And it's just, it's not going to play a game. Do you know what? I'm a bit of a football anorak, a bit of a football geek, and I have never heard in my entire life of that goalkeeper you've just mentioned. <laughs> where Do you know where he is now? I have absolutely no idea. I just know he played no. for Leicester a few years ago, um, and then he came to Derby on a random deal. And I just thought, what is going on? And it's the same with the Kechianya. At the time, you think, oh, yeah, that's a great signing. But then we don't play him. You go further than that, we go, oh, we signed Robert Earnshaw for the Premier League season, the 11-point season. Uh, that was a three-and-a-half million deal. And we hardly played him. And you just think, that's a striker that could score. That's probably the striker we've had from a good few years ago that could actually score goals. And we didn't play him. thing is with Earnshaw, though, he, he was... Obviously, he's a Cardiff legend, um, proper Cardiff boy. And to me, he was like a a Kevin Phillips, a sort of like sort of golden boy for championship football. When he went up in the Premier League, he didn't really do it. I, I mean, I remember him at Norwich at one point as well. And he didn't really do it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's... I, personally, I didn't think he was Premiership standard. One of those players that will score goals for fun for any championship club. But as soon as they make the step up to Premier League football, you know, they don't really do anything um, and don't hit the heights that they, they, they were doing in the championship. Um, is, the future, is the future looking bright or isn't it? I'm going to say yes. I'm not... I'm being positive at the moment. There's a lot of uh, Derby fans I've seen on Twitter and Facebook and... They're all a bit doom and gloom. They're saying, well, where's the first win coming from? And what's what's going to happen next? What's going to happen with the, uh, with the recruitment? Because uh, they've heard a load of rumours going off. But I'm, I'm, I'm quite positive because the football we have been playing has actually been all right. It's just, like I say, we've been lacking that cutting edge and we're lacking that striker. But if somebody can stop, like, take the reins a little... Obviously, you can't give it Rooney because you've got that big ego there, but he's he's not playing in a position he should be. He should be back in the defensive midfield, passing the ball around like he was at the la- uh, the end of last season, and it was great. Uh, yeah. But now we're looking at we're, we're looking, and we haven't got a striker that can score goals, which we haven't had for a good few seasons now. Uh, we just need somebody to step up, and we need to start making a few chances and taking what we get. Because it ain't going to come easy. It definitely ain't going to come easy, especially in the championship. Definitely. Um, they call it the hardest league in the world for a very, very good reason. I, I, I think January is absolutely massive. As you said, <clears throat> sorry, you need to sign a, a striker. Martin Waghorn for me is, you know, I, I'm not going to go into it. I don't I don't think he's what, what he thinks he is in his own head, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I hope you do. I hope you do stay up. I, Derby should be in the Premier League, not your Bournemouths. I know Bournemouths back in the Championship now, but 
Bournemouth's never a Premier League. The Derby's a Derby's a Premier League club. That's a top division club. That's one of the biggest clubs in English football. Always has been, and in my opinion, always will be. Biggest fab. I think you get the highest average attendances in in the Championship, don't you? Uh, something like that. We're we're always up there. I know the past few seasons haven't been great. Where uh, I think one of the seasons we had uh, five nil nil draws at home. So when you put it that way, it's, it's not the greatest football to watch recently. But I've got to no, say, no. When, when the fans are there, it is it is always rocking. I remember uh, Leicester at home in the cup. That was a fantastic game, and uh, that was uh, Darren Bent putting in his own net, of course. But uh, we, we come back into that game, and just it was the fans were really up for it, and it's the same same with everything really. If you start winning games, the the fans will be up on the up on the uh, up on the toes, they're celebrating and stuff like that. And you could tell the t- togetherness from uh, the Frank Lampard season and under Koku. You can see the difference of when uh, the team's looking good and we're looking like we're going to go up under Lampard and under Koku. You can just see it's a little bit tentative and the atmosphere was a little bit tense compared. But as I say, if if at the moment. It's looking bleak, but I think with the takeover coming, a new manager coming, it's going to come good. And I hope a lot of Derby fans are just riding it out and thinking this this will be all right. Mate, honestly, I, best of luck to Derby the rest of the season. I really hope they stay up. I, I can't I can't imagine Derby in League One. I couldn't I, when Sunderland went down. I, I couldn't imagine Sunderland there. But these things happen in football. It's a funny old game, as they say. So I hope you do it. Um, you've got your. Just want to promote something quickly. That's that's personal to yourself. You've got your own gaming site, haven't you, mate? If you want to tell our listeners just a bit about that and um, where to find you and st- and stuff like that, look, look, guys. I'm I'm me and gaming. I, I know FIFA, and I know <laughs> that's about it, really. Uh, that's about that's, a, that's about my. Uh, and I don't know, I think I don't even think I played that in about two or three years. So bit of Call of Duty. If it, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, never played it in my life. So, um, what are you all about in the gaming world? Tell our listeners uh, where to find you as well, um, and, and what it's all about, mate. Because I have, I haven't got a clue. So, I, I, I'll let you take over. Yeah, so basically, it's a Facebook gaming page. Uh, I stream a lot of just any sort of video games. Obviously, recently the the new Xbox and PlayStation have just come out, so. Spent a bit of money there and got them. Uh, and we're playing a lot of just, just like I say, just streaming uh, what we're playing and what games we do. And um, yeah, it's just, if you like gaming, follow the page. We're, tr- we're starting to stream on YouTube and Twitch as well. Uh, and we take requests of if you want to see a game I'll and I've got it, I'll play it. And it's just more of my reaction and, me playing with the guys because I'm not. I'm. I'll be honest. I'm not the greatest gamer. Nowhere near the greatest gamer. I'm not like an esports guy or anything like that. But it's just a good laugh. Um, it's a good crack having a few comments in there made and uh, yeah, it's just it's just a load of fun really. It's just a bit of a hobby, just to doing my spare time. I try and stream every day uh, and just provide a little ent- entertainment. Yeah, that's that's Chaz DCFC gaming, isn't it? Yes, Chaz DCFC Gaming. Uh, you can find the main page is on Facebook. Obviously, we're on every sort of social media, so Instagram, Twitter, 
uh, as I say, the, the other streaming sites, YouTube and Twitch. Uh, you can pretty much find us anywhere. <laughs> What's your Twitter handle? Uh, Chaz DCFC Gaming. That's at Chaz DCFC Gaming on Twitter, guys. Please give him a follow and please have a look if you're into that sort of thing. If you're into gaming, you know, give him, give him a watch, play a game with him. I don't know. But give him a follow and uh, give it a chance. Um, honestly, mate, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I've, 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 I've absolutely loved that. I, I really have. It's one of the, I've really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed that. Thanks, mate. Appreciated it. Uh, it's, uh, I was definitely nervous when I first came on, but I felt like I grew into it at the end. <laughs> no, I'm, honestly, mate, you're, a, you're an absolute natural. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you're, absolutely, <laughs> you're absolutely fine. Um, thanks again for coming on. I'm going to say again, I really, really appreciate that, mate. Um, no, taking the time out of your life to, to, to give me your time, so to speak. Guys, um, we're available on all the platforms, Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. On Twitter, we are at cathedral underscore sport. Um, please give us a follow. Please give us a listen. Please give us retweets. Please give us likes and all the, the nonsense that goes with social media, so to speak. Next week, we've got Liam Giles coming on. He's, he's a manager of Croydon FC in non-league in South London. Can't wait to interview him. Um, we've got Aaron Good, former QPR youth player that was involved in the famous China versus QPR mass brawl. Uh, he was, we recorded with him a while ago, but um, there's a massive problem with the sound. So we're going to do a take two next week. So he's, he's, he's kindly coming back on to tell us the story all over again and hopefully we can get it published for you this time. Then after that, three next week, We've got the Surrey international team coming on. Danny from the Surrey international team. An international team in Surrey? Yeah. Um, they won't be playing in Conifer hopefully soon. So, like the Yorkshire national team do. Crazy how Yorkshire and Surrey have national to international teams. But it's a brilliant story and you've got to listen to it. So, guys, if you want to donate to our content... Um, we are on PayPal, paypal.me slash cathedral sport, not cathedral of sport, cathedral sport. Um, give what you can, when you can, how you can. All our podcasts are free. They always will be free, but it's just something towards me gabbing in people's ears, basically. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to carry on, you know, and help to help towards that for the amount of work I put in behind the scenes and, and donate to that, then whatever you want when you want you know if you can if you can be asked anyway charles mate take care buddy thank you very much thank you cheers guys